Today on Pilgrim Radio's His People, Brian Borgman with an inspiring and insightful discussion on the Old Testament book of Ecclesiastes. In a sense, it's the call to enjoy this fleeting life that God has given you. It's going to be over soon, so don't waste it. Brian Borgman, next. It seems most view the book of Ecclesiastes through a pessimistic lens. Yet today's guest says the book shows us how to glorify God in this fleeting life by enjoying God's good gifts. Dr. Brian Borgman is the founding pastor of Grace Community Church in Minden, Nevada, and author of the new commentary, Don't Waste Your Breath, Ecclesiastes and the Joy of a Fleeting Life. Brian, there are so many biblical books you could have explored to this depth. What drew you to Ecclesiastes? It's sort of a uh, a long story, but I'll keep it short, okay? <laughs> you know, you run into people, and you mention Ecclesiastes, and of course, you have a lot of people will say, oh, Ecclesiastes is my favorite book. But I'm pretty sure that people that jump to the conclusion that Ecclesiastes <laughs> is their favorite book don't know exactly what Ecclesiastes is saying. So I always found it an intriguing book. So I was in college and was absolutely intrigued with the book. Um, had a wisdom uh, literature class and focused on Ecclesiastes, and it seemed in, in incredibly elusive to me. Um, there's just stuff in it that just makes you scratch your head and you go, is this actually in the Bible, right? And so I got to seminary, had another class on wisdom literature, focused again on Ecclesiastes. And um, at that point, I, I really started collecting commentaries and articles and just wanted to have a better grasp because the book, it seemed like an enigma, really. But then, uh, you know, we moved here, planted the church, things are, you know, just humming along, and uh, we're on vacation, and um, I'm, we're on the Oregon coast, and I'm looking at my kids, and I'm thinking, you know, my daughter Ashley is about to start high school. And I looked at my boys, and I thought, you know, she's going to be through high school in no time. And then you start to feel the, the weight of where did the time go? Mm -hmm. And it, 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 at that moment, it was sort of an avalanche for me because I started thinking, you know, pretty soon she'll go to college, she'll be married, she'll have kids. she'll, um, And then, um, you know, I had just watch my dad bury his parents a few years before, and I'm thinking, it's just a matter of time before they're watching me bury my parents, and then their kids are going to be watching them bury me, you know? And, and so in that, uh, in that moment, there was a sense, and, and, and I don't exactly know why, but I felt just peculiarly drawn to Ecclesiastes, mm. and I felt like I need to devote myself I need to take that that interest, and I need to dive in, and I need to dive in deep. And so, I that following winter, I picked up all of my every single commentary I could get my hand on, every single journal article, and I took my Bible and my Hebrew Bible, went back up to that same cabin, and spent every morning read through Ecclesiastes mm -hmm. in one sitting, yeah. and then chip away until I felt like I was, you know, because I didn't want to preach it until I was certain that I had a grasp on the book. 
And so that's, in a sense, in a nutshell, um, why my interest in Ecclesiastes has been so intense, not to mention that once, once I finally did that, um, it, it uh, changed my life. And, of course, that's what we're going to be talking about today, yeah. how it can change people's lives who, uh, who get into it. You, you write that, and, and I think you might have explained this to some extent, but you write that Ecclesiastes is the Bible's black sheep? <laughs> <laughs> what did you mean? Yeah, I mean, uh, there are a number of funny uh, titles that people give to Ecclesiastes, <laughs> the black sheep of the Bible, uh, the stepchild of the canon, uh, you know. Oh. And, um, and so you, you end up having a book that sounds incredibly unconventional. I mean, it's not very common that you find in the Bible the expression, you know, and so I hated life, or money's the answer to everything. And, and so because it sounds so unconventional, uh, I would say that there's been a long tradition of, of, in a sense, not knowing what to do with the book. And you say it's like an Indiana Jones ride yes. at the same time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I, I think that what ends up happening, I take Solomon to be the author, um, and I think that what Solomon does is he wants to take you on on a journey, and he is not afraid of um, of these, you know, the Indiana Jones ride. <laughs> Anybody that's been there, it's absolutely horrid. Um, you know, for older people, um, you know, it, it jerks left, it jerks right. There's sudden starts and stops, and um, you know, you 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 know, bang over to the left, you bang over to the right, and in a sense, um, Solomon takes us on a journey that's like that. Um, it, this is not just the, in a sense, conventional wisdom of the proverbs. All right, this is hard hitting, jolting, nitty gritty. I'm going to make you feel my pain before I tell you what is the uh, conclusion. Well, as you described that uh, time on the Oregon coast with your kids and you were looking at them and you're realizing time is going to pass quickly and next thing you know, they're going to be grown up and, and uh, so forth. Uh, you, in, in the book, I think you described that as your Havel moment. Yes. And, and so I'm wondering if you could tell us what Havel is and, and how it's really central to the book of Ecclesiastes. Yeah, so the the Hebrew word havel is the word that is traditionally translated as vanity or futility or meaninglessness. Hmm. And the the tradition of translating havel as vanity goes back to Jerome and the Latin Vulgate. Now, of course, you got to remember Jerome was a monk and he was dedicated to the monastic life. Um, and so what ends up happening, and the reason why this is, this is I would say, Bill, that this is actually the key, all right, because, uh, and I'm not alone uh, in, this, in this opinion. In fact, there's a growing number of Old Testament scholars that are, that are making the same case, and that is the way that you understand Havel ends up controlling the way that you see the entire book. So without going into all the details, a lot of people, I would say the overwhelming majority of people have seen uh, Ecclesiastes uh, in, in a very negative light. It's, it's a pessimistic book. But of course, that is an inescapable conclusion if, if the thematic statement in 1-2 is 
vanity of vanities, vanity of vanities, all is vanity, right? Um, or futility of futilities, or meaninglessness of meaninglessness. So if that's the thematic statement that everything is vanity or everything is vain or, or meaningless or futile, mm -hmm. um, then what else can you make of the book, right? Because that's the way he concludes as well in chapter 12. So you've got these bookends. And so if you have, a, a, a let's say, a negative view of, of Havel, it's going to cast that shadow over the whole book. The problem is, is that the word Havel actually means breath or hmm. vapor or mist. And so if you, if you maintain that throughout the book, then the, the, the real um, challenge, in a sense, for Solomon was not that life was vain, but that life was a vapor or life was a breath. That is, it's transient, it's temporary, and it's fleeting. And, and so uh, I would say that the best way to understand the thematic statement in verse of 1-2 would be something like breath of breaths, breath of breaths, the merest of breaths, and that that's what life is. And that's, in a sense, what creates... Um, in, in a sense, that that weightiness of how fast it's going by, but then Solomon actually sees another part, and that is, if if life is just a breath, and you spend the the majority of your life, the prime of your life, working hard, what's left over? What's the advantage? What's the benefit? What's the profit? In a sense, not commercial profit, mm -hmm. but. But what's the advantage? And so, and so, it, it's it's that that frames the book. And so, I would see the whole book is actually um, focusing on, in a sense, dealing with the brevity of life in a life that's going to end in death. And hence the title of the book, Don't Waste Your Breath, Ecclesiastes and the Joy of a Fleeting Life. My guest is the author, Pastor Brian Borgman, founding pastor of Grace Community Church in Minden, Nevada. And there's, there is joy here, which we're getting to in all of this, even though so many people paint the book of Ecclesiastes or typically as a sort of a sigh of uh, all is meaningless and so forth. And yet you say that it, with this recognition of Havel being uh, a breath a fleeting breath, life is fleeting, you, there, and, and it happens to believer and non-believer alike. It's not that you can escape it as a believer. Um, and, and, and yet that, that sadness, there's a sadness when you realize, oh, this is fleeting. I'm enjoying this time. I'm looking at my kids or I'm, I'm enjoying this meal or whatever the case is. It, there may be a sadness that you know it's fleeting. And yet you, I think you say in there, you have to come to terms with that sadness because that's part of it. Yeah, I think that we, when, at the end of the day, what we have to do is, and this is where Solomon ends at the end of chapter two, is, so, so what's the conclusion? Well, God's given you this life as a gift, right? So, so there are a number of ways of ruining your life, right? <laughs> Wasting your breath, okay? That's, that's the imagery. There are a number of ways to waste your breath. And one is to look at life as an achievement instead of a gift, right? Mm. Which, of course, that's what he tries to do in chapter two. Um, the other is to actually cling to these, these short puffs of breath 
and to, in a sense, retain them, you know? I see, like parents, we do this a lot, right? Oh, you know, if only they'll stay a little forever. Okay, that's, God didn't design it that way. So Solomon's conclusion at the end of chapter two, which then he fleshes out through the rest of the book, is that life is a gift. It's a breath, right? But enjoy the life as God has given it. Enjoy the gift. And it's enjoying the gift that, in a sense, you glorify God and you, in turn, maximize the joy of this fleeting life. When you, when you come to embrace that, um, then, in a sense, you're, you're really equipped to, to live. So when he looks at these different things, whether it's relationships, riches, wisdom, food, all of these things, and he says, ultimately, what, they're, they're vanity. But that word is havel. That word is fleeting. If you're trying to base your life on these or find your meaning in these things, I, I think you use the phrase, good gifts make bad gods. Yeah, that title, by the way, did come from my fellow pastor, Daniel Corey. I have to oh. give credit where credit <laughs> is due. Um, he helped me with the chapter titles. He's pretty creative. But yeah, that's the idea is that good gifts, right? So if you, if you look at, at the gifts, and it doesn't matter what they are, what friendships, marriage, work, right? So even work is, is a gift. If you look at these things in any other way than a gift, then you end up ruining the gift quality mm. because you're trying to get more out of them than God intended. And so, uh, again, just the idea of this is, it's just a fleeting life, right? So one of my favorite, one of my favorite passages, actually, uh, if I can read it to you for a second. Sure, of course. Um, in 9-9, in nine, nine, so every, I do a ton of weddings, every, every, uh, every card, everything we sign, I always put, you know, Ecclesiastes 9-9, nine, nine, enjoy life with the woman whom you love all the days of your fleeting life. Now, a lot of translations will say your vain life, mm -hmm. okay? Well, fleeting is actually what makes the most sense, right? So enjoy uh, life with the woman whom you love all the days of your fleeting life, which he has given to you under the sun, for this is your reward in life and in your toil in which you have labored under the sun. And so here's God who's given us this, this life as a gift. It's life under the sun. So under the sun is just life, right? It's not like uh, we'll get above the sun and and you know life with God or without God. That's not the that's not the point. The point is is that everybody lives life under the sun, mm -hmm. and so that life under the sun is filled with labor. It's filled with toil, but it's also filled with good things that God has given to us. And so enjoy those good things. I love this one because. It's easy to enjoy my wife because Ariel is is just she's the best, and so um, I think of this passage and I think of just the, in a sense, it's the call to enjoy this fleeting life that God has given you. It's going to be over soon, so don't waste it. And the uh, meaning of Havel breath, uh, and and you you say uh, breath every breath is a gift, but there's also a mystery. In yes. the breath, yeah, in the fleeting nature of it, yeah, yeah. There's there's certainly mystery, and that's what, in a sense, if you get 
if you get so hung up on trying to unravel the mystery, which of course we, we can't, we're, we don't have the capacity to do it, um, then again, we end up wasting our breath, right? So um, of course there's mystery in life. And I think one of the best, one of the best passages in, in Ecclesiastes that innocence sort of sets then the theme. So, so one and two, he's agonizing, he's trying to mitigate Havel, he's trying to, you know, so he's got monuments and gardens and achievement and pleasure and all of this. Mm -hmm. And at the end, it's just like, okay, I think I got it. And then he realizes, oh, I'm going to die. And so <laughs> I hated Oops. life, right? Yeah. And so then he makes this conclusion that, that, okay, well, here it is, is that it's a gift from God and you need to enjoy it. Um, now, then he moves to chapter three, and this is where, in a sense, the mystery comes in. So there's an appointed time for every event under heaven, mm. right? Who appoints that? Well, God. And then you have the famous poem, right? Time to be born, time to die. And basically what Solomon does is he outlines the fact that God's, God's sovereign over this short life, right? And God has put in our hearts an innate sense that he's making all things beautiful in its time and he's put eternity in our hearts. So there's something that resonates in us that says there's purpose and there's meaning in everything that God does. But then Solomon also tells us, but he's not giving you the capacity to figure it out. Hmm. And so at the end of the day, what do you do when you feel, when you feel the, the tension of the mystery? What do you do? You trust God, you eat your bread, you go to work, you enjoy life. And so, in a sense, enjoyment is what cuts through the, the, the mist or the fog of, uh, of, of, of the mystery. And so, whatever it may be, we grieve or we're sad when good things pass, whether it's a person, whether it's a, an experience or whatever it is, and, and, and in the end, we celebrate the fact that God gave us that person that experience yeah yeah so um as as you well know i am not a dodgers fan all right <laughs> i've heard that <laughs> yeah and um but i will say that vin scully was a class act all right and uh somebody told me that he got this from dr seuss someone else told me he got it from winnie the pooh i don't really know <laughs> but i i heard vin scully on his retirement after something like 67 baseball seasons mm. right he says, uh, don't grieve that it's over, smile that it happened, mm. right? And, and, and I want to say that, that I think Solomon would have said, amen, that's exactly, that's exactly <laughs> right, you know? And so, you know, right now I've got grandkids. My oldest grandson is now 10 years old, mm. okay? And which makes both you and me feel very old, right? <laughs> and, and the fact is, is that if, if I just bemoaned, Oh, I can't believe my kids aren't little anymore. Oh, I can't believe my grandkids aren't babies anymore. Oh, you know, and I just pine for mm. what was. I'm actually missing what is. And and so you in a sense you move from gift to gift, right? Yeah. And 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 it's enjoying mm. the gift while you have it that actually glorifies God and helps you gives you the capacity so I, I stole an illustration from um, 
from another pastor who said that uh, God gives everybody a can of peaches, but to the believer, he gives a can opener, right? And so, in other words, you, hmm. you, have the, the, you, you have the God-given capacity of enjoyment in this life if you'll receive it as a gift. And the connection to the gospel? Oh, well, there is, sure, there's a lot of connections to the gospel, right? Because in, in a very real sense, the, um, the brevity of this life is part of living in a fallen world, right? Yep. And so there's nothing that we can do about the fact that this life is a breath. But what we can do is not only enjoy it, but then also look forward to the fact that all of these, all of these little gifts, right? Little in quotes, little gifts, mm-hmm. point us to um, an eternal enjoyment of all that Christ has purchased for us. And so, so we're never, in, in a sense, um, that life is a breath and that we enjoy it doesn't mean that we don't hunger for more. And really, it is in uh, in trusting in Christ, in a sense, as the last Adam who's making all things new, who will create a new heaven and a new earth that will never end, right? So the, 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 the vapor or the breath quality of this present life will one day give way mm. to permanence and eternality. And, uh, and so that, of course, only comes through Christ. And so uh, I think that there are a number of things in, uh, in Ecclesiastes that help us, in a sense, point uh, and point us to Christ. And especially when you get to some of the challenges to enjoying the gift, which there's all – and that's sort of the middle part of the book. It really spends a lot of time dealing with, okay, well, what about oppression? What about injustice? Mm-hmm. What about hoarding money? Yeah. What about loving money? What about – uh, what about the the curse of loneliness and all of these things mm-hmm. and and in a sense it's when we actually are are anchored uh, in Christ right that you are able to enjoy without ruining the gifts the best right in in a sense it is that anchor of the soul um, so in a sense what 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 helps you cope with life is a breath well, the fact that one of these days it will give way mm. to eternal life. Brian, our time has gone so quickly, but I, you, you've preached on the book of Ecclesiastes twice. What made you want to preach on it a second time? I mean, it's a, it's a lengthy book. It's 12, well, 12 chapters, and there's all these different aspects to it. Yeah, well, I, I think that the, the first time around, um, I was still young, um, younger, <laughs> and um, I was um, I was probably so I don't know how old I was maybe thirty five or so around there maybe younger and um, I was beginning to grasp those those messages um, in Ecclesiastes I was beginning to uh, understand I mean it helped me immensely but with the passage of time of of twenty years. Um, you know, having brain surgery, having grandkids, serving in the same church for 30 years, marrying people, mm-hmm. burying people, lots of people. Um, it seemed to me that 
uh, Ecclesiastes increased in, in relevance uh, for me. And so I decided to mm. re-preach it, to, to dig back in. I'd never stopped digging. I'd been working on this for, for 20 years. But it helped me to dig back in, to be more focused, and, um, and finally have something in print. And in chapter 12, um, as you're saying, to enjoy our life with, with Havel being sort of overlaid, that, that vanity, that breath, that transiency to, to life, and yet at the same time we're accountable before God with how we, with how we use our brief life. Yeah. Yeah. So I would say that, that there are a number of times in Ecclesiastes where Solomon is, is utterly clear, and that is, um, you know, so – he tells, you know, hey, young man, enjoy the prime of life. In fact, don't even deny the desire of your eyes, but know this, that God will bring everything into account, right? So, yeah. in a sense, love God, do as you please kind of thing, right? Uh, but know that you, you better be careful on, on, on how you live this out because you're going to give an account. But then even at the end of the book, which is, in a sense, the summation, mm -hmm. um, you know, when, when all is said and done, right? Here's, here's the sum of it all. This is what applies to everybody. Fear God, keep his commandments, because he's going to bring everything into judgment. And so there's a sense where this short life, yeah, we're going to be accountable. But one of the things we're going to be accountable for is whether or not we enjoyed it as a gift. Mm. And so a lot of times we think of bring into judgment, okay, well, I got to watch my P's and Q's. And, and I think there's also a sense where God says, I gave you this life to enjoy. How'd you do? Well, it is Don't Waste Your Breath, Ecclesiastes, and the Joy of a Fleeting Life. It's a, it's a commentary, right, Brian? Yeah. Uh, of course, on the book of Ecclesiastes. Well, there's so much more which could be said. People need to get the book and read it for themselves. But in the end, and I think you've kind of talked about it throughout, but how did it change your life? And how do you hope it changes the lives of those that... Uh, read it. Yeah, so I think that the, the big thing for me was that it, it empowered me, you know, I mean, God's Word by His Spirit, you know, this, with this message, empowered me to, to truly look at life as a gift. Uh, I'm a very task-oriented person, very driven person, and it's very easy to lose sight of um, – enjoying life. And so, uh, in a sense, it, it empowered me to, to slow down and just to enjoy life as God gives it. And uh, in a sense, in, uh, in, in 2016, I had brain surgery and, um, and was close to death two days in a row. And it sounds cliche-ish uh, in a sense, but when you come that close to death, you begin to realize um, not only how short life really is. I mean, that that brings it right up to your face. Mm -hmm. um, but then also the idea that um, you don't know how much time you have. And so you need to you need to enjoy those sunsets with your wife. You need to enjoy that walk with your grandkids. You need to enjoy that time of vacation. you'd and and, and enjoy it as a gift. Just, you know, Father, thank you for this time. You know, okay, it's over. That vacation was great, but it's over now. But you know what? 
It was a gift while we had it. And, and in that sense, um, it's changed my perspective uh, on life. And um, I think it's helped me. Um, you'd have to ask Ariel to be sure, right? <laughs> but uh, it's helped me to, um, in a sense, to be more patient. It's helped me to um, be more accepting of things that, in God's providence, there's there's absolutely no way that I can that I can possibly change those things, and uh, and and yet all of it comes from the hand of my heavenly Father, who's given to me really, really, really good gifts, and of course the best being His Son. You've been listening to His People on Pilgrim Radio. Many thanks to our guest, Minden, Nevada pastor Brian Borgman, author of the new commentary, Don't Waste Your Breath, Ecclesiastes and the Joy of a Fleeting Life. Coming up on tomorrow's program, it's Emma Frere on individual expression and America's obsession with tattoos. Do that. It's, it's an amazing opening for conversation, also an amazing opening for evangelism, because a tattoo is, it, it comes straight out of people's souls. They're, they're saying something that's deeply personal, and they're, they're wearing it on the outside. I mean, it's, it's kind of an amazing opportunity in a way, because you, you know, a lot of these thoughts, people just keep hidden, but with a tattoo, it's out there. That's tomorrow at the same time, right here on His People. Thanks for listening.